0: You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room.
1: The show starts in one...
0: A rescuer's down Yeah. Like, totally, there is a nude woman in a window.
1: You're talking about... The picture on the wall, it's like on a calendar or something. No, no, they're flying. In in the
0: birds. They're flying by um, apartment buildings. No, no, they're flying by apartment buildings. And in one of the windows, they have a Playboy picture posted in the window. No. No, that's totally true because I read into it and one of the animators legitimately did it as a joke. And he put it in a single frame. And you can find it, but it is a centerfold from Playboy, small size down, put in a window. So it's a woman nude standing in a window in the rescuers. Not rescuers down under, the first one.
1: Yeah, I'm I think you're thinking of the the one that's on the wall in the birds like house, but no, I did whatever. a lot of I did a lot of research on okay, these Disney fine. boobs. Okay, fine. Uh no
0: so no, it's there. Uh, and it was a real thing. And I'm recording, by the way. So we've we have begun.
1: Oh damn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I am in the control seat.
1: I didn't like any of that. No, but that's the thing. Is it's <laughs> just
0: natural. As We're talking Disney. We're talking boobs. It's going to be great. So uh, for everyone listening, we are joined here in the writer's room. I am your host for tonight, Jay. I have full power because right now Q is doing his weekly session of leading a suicide prevention hotline for lemmings. <laughs> and he, he, he takes it very seriously, but he was not able to be here tonight. And because we were talking Disney, I decided to bring in the quintessential Disney expert in my life, the beautiful, wondrous A. Say hello to everybody, A. Hello. Awesome. That was a great hello. This is your first like podcast hello. It's my first one ever, yeah. It's pretty, pretty Awesome. Pretty, pretty, pretty good.
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, the rescuer's myth, that's a totally true <clears throat> one. There okay. is a naked woman in a window, and you can look at I would encourage I really, everybody it, to look it yeah, up. Yeah,
1: I think you're going to have to prove that to me.
0: Okay. We, we'll look up boobs online after the podcast. Okay. That's totally something we can do. Yeah. But, I mean, so the other myths, you know, like we're talking about, like Aladdin, the the myth that Aladdin whispers take off your clothes no that's false when, yes totally completely fake but a lot of people believe that it happened
1: a lot of people believe it
0: um, there's also uh, the word sex spelled out when Mufa- uh, when Simba lands on all the it is the, also false the weeds yes it's uh, SFX
1: for special effects
0: special effects but okay in the defense of conspiracy theory Disney conspiracy theorists out there that looks a whole lot like sex. You're missing one line No, that's line fair. That's fair. On an F.
1: It definitely looks wrong.
0: Bad bad planning. Absolutely. Um, also, a, uh, a another myth, uh, one of the puppies in 101 Dalmatians was drawn with a red rocket. <laughs> Huge direction. That's
1: just ridiculous. <laughs> yes, that is something
0: I just made up a second ago. <laughs> um, but th- I mean th- there's there's lots of there's lots of the myths, you know, the 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 priest having the erection in Little Mermaid. False. Uh, yes. Uh, but what's not false is there's a huge wang on the cover of the Little Mermaid box in the castle. No, that's totally true. That is totally true. It is a veiny, veiny dick.
1: It is a veiny, veiny dick, and I have it. Yeah, I have the You have the veiny dick? <laughs> yeah. You have a huge
0: veiny dick. <laughs> I do. Um, being uh, married I do. to you, that comes as a surprise to me. Well, you know, uh, it's too late we, now. <laughs> we, had a, we had a kid. That's weird. Mm, it's weird we, how that worked. Yeah, you never pay attention. I uh, know. Um, there, is a, uh, there is a myth that Jessica Rabbit shows her bush in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when she gets thrown out of the car. And she's you know, I've only
1: seen that movie like two times, so I don't know. You've only seen Who
0: Framed Roger Rabbit two times? Yeah, that is unfortunate.
1: Well, okay, I was, I didn't like it as a child. I don't what? know what, I don't, I don't know. Well, okay, but when they kill the shoe, that emotionally scarred me that's for life, that okay? Movie. That really did. It scarred me for life because he's scared and he's crying. And he's like a baby shoe. He's like a baby shoe. And they put him in this acid and he's dead. And that just messed me up, man. It's, it's I not, can't.
0: It's not acid. It's the dip.
1: Whatever. I, I don't even care. And like, I just it's can't. It's horrible. Even to this day as an adult, like thinking about it, I get upset. I can't do it. It it's is just, it's so fucked up. It I can't, is
0: an upsetting scene for sure.
1: I can't, I can't get beyond that. And I know that that's such a minuscule thing that happens in that entire movie. But I just, I can't get past that. I can't. It just, it hurt me.
0: I don't. I mean, I would. I would not call it a minuscule thing that happens in that movie. It's a pretty pivotal plot point. Like, well, I know, but it, I'm talking about like in the scale difference. of the
1: movie that lasts like what 15 to 20 seconds it lasts of the story. A lifetime in your heart. It does. It does. It I can't let it go. Forever. Like, I need to get a tattoo of that shoe over my heart because I, I can't. <laughs>
0: I cannot watch that movie. I'd be willing to bet someone has a tattoo of that shoe somewhere <laughs> in the world. Someone has a tattoo of that shoe in like RIP shoe. <laughs> it just says RIP shoe below it. Um, that totally, I would, I would bet you a million dollars that maybe not the RIP shoe part, mm-hmm. but that's the part I would want. It mm-hmm. was just RIP shoe. Yeah. And people would be like what? Like, did you really like shoes as a kid? I'd be like, no, just the shoe from, from whatever. Um, some <laughs> other myths that I've read about or possibly made up on the spot. Uh, and the Great Mouse Detective. One of the animators secretly used his own semen to produce smoky, milky texture for Radigan cigars.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: But it it, it could be true. Though. No, but it's not true. But it could, it could be true. Well,
1: it's not right? though. No, right? No,
0: right? No. Um. What about? Oh, okay. What about this? The Emperor's New Groove. After the bridge collapses. You can see the word damn spelled out in the broken woods. No. That is actually true. No. Yes, it is. Oh, that come That is on. true. We can watch the movie and we'll freeze frame in that scene, but that is a real thing that happens in that movie. Um, also, uh, Cliff Edwards, the voice of Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio. You know Jiminy Cricket. You like Pinocchio. Yes. You like it a whole lot. Yes. Um, there is a rumor that he liked to sneak into the sound booth at night and masturbate furiously to get himself into character.
1: I'm going to be honest. If I was a voice in a Disney movie, I would also masturbate in one of their sound booths. <laughs>
0: just, just, just seriously. I mean. <laughs> to get into the character. I mean, it was what? the four, When was Pinocchio made? The 40s? Oh. 50s? Do you remember? 30s.
1: Uh, 30s? Because 30s. it was uh, number two after Snow White.
0: Okay. So, yeah. That could totally happen in the 30s. I made that up on the spot. But that could totally happen mm. in, in the 30s. Like, <laughs> tell me it couldn't. 30s Hollywood? That totally could have happened. That's right. So, anyway... Wow, we've babbled a whole lot. But <laughs> I think we should get in to the Disney, and I think we should talk about it, and I think to get us started, we should high-five.
1: Should we high-five? let right, let's high-five. Let's high-five. Should we high-five?
0: High-five! 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 High-five, son! Woo! High-five! Don't let me hang out. All right, and we're back. Okay, so since Q is off massaging elderly wombats. Uh, We are here today to talk about Disney, and I could not think of a better person that I'd want to be talking about Disney with than A. You know more about it and put me to shame, and usually I'm the snarky know-it-all one, but when it comes to Disney, I'm left in the lurch when it comes to your passion and your knowledge about it. So I wanted you to tell me and our multitude of avid listeners why Disney someone asked you that question why Disney why are you so passionate about it what do you say what what makes Disney Disney <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know it's just one of those things that just it filled you with joy as a child watching it on the screen just watching you know um, these stories come to life on my screen I mean it was just... It just gave me so much happiness as a child. Yeah. So I just, you know, I fell in love with it.
0: I think it's one of those things, like for me, when I think of Disney, Disney, it's it's been around just perpetually in the culture in one form or another for longer than we've been alive, longer than our mm-hmm. parents have been alive, and mm-hmm. usually back to like grandparents times. Right. Disney has just always been this cultural landmark. Aside from personal politics and, and whatever, whatever. Walt Disney sort of changed the landscape of what animation meant oh, absolutely. to the culture. And it's one of those things, okay, you know, when you, there's like a food that you really like when you're a kid. Yeah. And like, like pixie sticks. <laughs> Let's just take pixie sticks as an example. Mm-hmm. Like, kids, you just love pixie sticks. As an adult, you realize like pixie sticks are kind of terrible. <laughs> but because they made such a good impression on you as a kid, yeah. you're like, I can't not like Pixie Sticks. Like, right. There's always that nostalgic factor. Mm-hmm. And while Disney is not crappy when you get older, unlike Pixie Sticks, it, it has that connection. It, it solidifies and solders itself onto mm-hmm. the souls of children right? and just grows up with you. And there's all they're always putting out new movies. There's layers to see for me. That's one of the reasons that I really into, enjoy Disney movies, and I enjoy rewatching a lot of them with you because it's it's you can see new layers every time. Some every char- single time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some
0: characters, you know, have adult stories that are going on and they're dealing with adult things, like Hundred One Dalmatians. Like you truly you don't you don't understand what the parents are going through when you're a kid. You just like oh, there's a lot of dogs in this movie, mm-hmm. and I happen to like dogs. But when you get older, you start to realize like, man, they've got, I have a bad boss. I have a job that doesn't pay me the money that I need to be paid. I have way too many responsibilities at home. Oh my God, what if we had 101, 103 (laughs) technically Dalmatians to take care of? Like this is terrible. And so those different layers really make it like new experiences every time. And so, you know, Q and I talk a lot on this podcast about movies that can grow with you and that makes them sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think Disney, almost more than any other studio that puts out films, it really captures that. Yeah. So, like what what did you I know with you being such a big fan, it must have been difficult for you to narrow down to just 5.
1: Oh, it was ridiculously hard. It took me days.
0: What was your process? How did you get down to five? I mean, how many movies do they have, like 50-something? I wrote
1: a list of every single Disney animated feature film that has ever been created, and I just went through one at a time. Like, I started with, okay, well, not this one, not this one, not this one, and just kind of whittled it down, and then from there, I did a lot of... (laughs) watching scenes on the internet and uh reading backstories behind some of them and just whittled it down from there it took days it took days <laughs> uh yeah, it was an emotional roller coaster i mean i just uh, I, can't. <laughs> I i love my list and i'm gonna stick with it I-, I stand behind my list but um
0: how many times have you changed the top five since you selected the top five how many times have you change it <sighs>
1: You know, I think I probably changed it two or three times, but but my final, I'm 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 standing by my
0: final. Okay, okay. I'm standing by my final. I th- that's strong. That's that's a good stance to take. You, you yeah. have to defend your list on this show, yeah. Or or it's worthless. Well, yeah. Um, now, what were some that were just easy to get rid of? Like when you saw on the list, you're like, nah, that's not gonna be on there. Um. What was okay? Let me. I'll I'll pose the question another way. What's the worst Disney movie of all time? Oh. <laughs> That's rough.
1: Uh, Probably home on the range.
0: I couldn't agree more.
1: That movie, (laughs) I love you, Disney. I love you so much. Like you just don't even know how much I love you. But that movie sucked. You love you
0: love Roseanne Barr.
1: I do. I love her. I grew up watching the Roseanne show. I mean, I love that woman. That movie sucked. It Uh, it was so bad. It is not good. It was so bad. The songs were terrible. Not good. The characters were terrible. Not great. Like, it was was just bullshit. (laughs) It was (laughs) bullshit. bullshit It's like, I'm sure the people at Disney now look at it and go, all that money. Wasted. What What were we thinking? Fucking wasted. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I
0: have to agree. That's probably... I mean, that's up there for the worst, like outside of maybe they're like World War Two propaganda shorts, (laughs) like outside of those, probably the worst.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just, oh, God, it's so bad.
0: Okay, well, now that we've talked about the worst, let's talk about some good ones. So what were some? You know, I always bring honorable mentions to these lists, and I have a few for this one because it was mm-hmm. this was tough for me as well. Well, like what what do you have that almost made the cut? Okay, I've and got why, three. And why didn't they make?
1: I've got three honorable mentions. Um, my third one, uh, is The Great Mouse Detective.
0: As, a, as awesome I
1: I love The Great Mouse Detective. One, I mean, it's a Sherlock Holmes story, uh, to start with. Number two, I love. And and I know that this is such an like an eighties, nineties thing, but I love when a bad guy can be a fucking bad guy. Yeah, Radigan And kill people. Radigan is horrifying. Smoke cigars. Yeah. Like his henchmen are fucking terrified of him. Like he's a bad dude. Yeah. You know, I mean I'm down with Ursula and the Little Mermaid. I'm down with you know, I, I love the villains that Disney comes up right. with. But Radigan that is a bad motherfucker and i love that movie because he's so bad
0: well and i love one thing i love about radigan that's also one of my honorable mentions just mm-hmm. to put it out there for you one thing i love about radigan is that he's a rat with like a mouse complex
1: yeah he has a mouse complex he,
0: and he's but not only a mouse complex he's a rat with a mouse god complex. Yeah. Which is a very weird, mm-hmm. weird position to be in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love you mentioned it being a Sherlock Holmes story. It takes place in the Sherlock Holmes. Universe. universe it's not just like yeah. oh well these are just animals like they yeah. live in the same apartment building yes. as Sherlock does and and he exists in the movie and they're just mm-hmm. like a little mouse version and the trap
1: him. at the end of the movie what's <gasps> it is it called a Goldberg? Oh, Rube Goldberg yeah. I, oh. I mean I just that whole thing with the shotgun I get,
0: and, oh. I get a huge chubby for Rube it's Goldberg such as, a good it, movie. as it is there was a, a video that I saw online about a week or two ago literally five minutes of a Rube Goldberg in real life that all it does does is at the end, it turns a page of a newspaper. But I watched, <laughs> I watched it probably four or five times because it was amazing. And this was one an actual Rube Goldberg that like used chemistry and would drop like potions and chemicals and make it heat up and make mm-hmm. a hamster move across a wheel. Mm-hmm. Like it was awesome. And literally, all it did at the end was turn the page of a newspaper. And I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen."
1: Yeah, I mean, and he's he's sadistic too because in that Rube Goldberg, he like rec- remember he records a song and has it on the record player and he's just like all cheery and everything during this song. Yeah. Well speaking of songs
0: like the sadistic. the Ratigan song from that film is yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. And he's Ratigan. Uh, that's mm-hmm. about all I remember of it, but I remember it being very good. Yeah, so that that's a good one. His little bat uh henchman mm-hmm. is crazy creepy mm-hmm. and super great. Um, Now, speaking of bad villains, we're talking about Disney, but I want to sidetrack just a little bit because I think the studio that totally nailed the bad cartoon villain is the Don Bluth studio. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to crazy, sadistic cartoon villains, I think Don Bluth was able to capture that weird underbelly. In, you know, Rats of Nim, which was legitimately all dogs horrifying. go to heaven all the way. All dogs go to heaven. I mean, the- you're
1: dealing with a gangster bad guy. You're dealing with sadistic animals that live in a swamp. You're
0: dealing and with the devil. A whole lot of murder. Yeah, a whole lot of murder in yeah. that movie. Don Bluth movies really did not pull their punches, which is which I think is is great. In Five's a Don Bluth, isn't it? The American Tales and Five of the West, those had some pretty crazy villains and dealt with really, really adult topics. I mean, that first American tale is all about immigration. I mean, Trump would have hated it. Yeah. I bet he's talking about that movie with his friends, not letting his kids see him when he's beating them. (laughs) It's on the record. (laughs) Donald Trump beats his kids. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. okay, that's, but, all right, that's a so, good honorable mention.
1: Right. We had two Honorable more. mention. Okay, no, my second honorable mention is The Jungle Book. I love The Jungle Book so much, and I struggled with taking this off my top five list. Um, but there were just others that I thought were better. But The Jungle Book, I watched that every day after school yep. when I was a child. When it's I came home, repeatable. like I just, you know, I did my thing, but I had to watch The Jungle Book every night before I went to bed. And I just, the songs, the characters, everything about it. Um, and it was the last Disney movie that Walt Disney worked on. Yep. I mean, he didn't even get to see it finished.
0: And man, they did a good job. Uh, what did you think of the remake?
1: I, you know, I can always point out faults in, in something with these movies, but honestly, it was really good. It, it was, was really good. I love the beginning, like when it kind of back pans into the jungle and the camera turns, and it's playing the music from the <laughs> yeah. from the Jungle Book, the animated movie. Like it's playing that that uh, that composed music that they came yeah. up with, and I knew at that moment that this was going to be good.
0: Yeah, Favreau did a good job with he that. He did one. a I'm, great I'm, job. I, I won't lie. I'm
1: very pleased. I'm
0: curious to see what he does with Lion King. You know,
1: Um, I just, I have so much faith in him, but at the same time, I'm just, I just don't think that one's gonna work. I don't see that one working. I'm open to being proven wrong. I really am. I'm open to it, but right now, I'm just like, I don't see it.
0: You know what I think will help me? Uh, Because I'm, I'm on this exact same side of the fence right now. It's like Favreau's great, and he did such a good job with Jungle Book, but The Lion King is just such such an iconic story well it's so difficult to do in the in that form no
1: it's not even that it's such an iconic story because i mean and it is uh i mean the lion king i mean any kid that grew up in the 90s like i did the lion king changed your life so um it's the jungle book had a human element to it, which helps push the movie along. Right. You know, but with an animated film, you don't have to have humans because, right. you know, the animals are cartoons. But I mean, to have a live action Lion King film, I mean, you're talking about just all CGI, you know, like I mean,
0: 100% green screen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to be all CGI and green screen and no people. You know, so I I just, I don't think it's going to have that same,
0: I don't know the word that I'm,
1: yeah, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I just, I don't think it's going to
0: work. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be tough to pull off, but here's what I'm holding out hope for. I think what could sway me to being positive and looking forward to it is if and when they announce the cast.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see who he casts. If the
0: voice cast that comes in for it is good, then that could sway me to be like, yeah, okay, I can totally get on board for this.
1: I kind of want him to just bring Jeremy Irons back as Scar because... It could totally work, right? I mean, he's j- that's just Scar. I mean, he,
0: he's still alive. He's still in his prime. He's still very much Jeremy Irons. Yeah. I mean, we just saw him at Batman v. Superman. Like, He is still at the top of his game and could easily come back in. And mm-hmm. just reinvent that character. Yeah, maybe not even reinvent it. Hell, he could just do the exact same thing. Exactly, that would be thing. totally fine with it. Um, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor Thomas is out for Young Simba, but the rest—I mean, we could—you could find a good cast for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that lands. So that's that's a, that's a good honorable mention. Yeah. What else? All right,
1: all right. Well, my top one, my number, my number one honorable mention is Sleeping Beauty.
0: Okay, good one.
1: Um. It took ten years to
0: make this it's film. a big one. I mean it took if yeah if you
1: when you watch that movie, you just have to try to look beyond what's going on, like, with the characters. Like look at the backdrops, you know, look at the scenery. Every single cell is hand painted and the the style that they did it in, it's just it's just so beautiful. It's it's like a moving tapestry. Yeah, honestly, is the best way for me to describe this film, and it's just so gorgeous. And it was such a passion project for the Walt Disney Company, and and honestly, too, if you if you go back and watch Sleeping Beauty, and you look at the detail in like uh, the cottage and the trees and right. you know uh, certain things, you actually and it's documented, I'm pretty sure somewhere, uh, the movie Tangled. Actually, yep. pulls a lot of inspiration from Sleeping Beauty. Hmm, I can see that um, with uh, just how they painted certain things, and you know how she, you know, um, paints on her walls and things like that. The same way that there were kind of uh, floral paintings on the walls in the cottage in Sleeping Beauty. Like they hmm. pull a lot of similarities. I can um, totally see that between the two. Um, but you know the one thing that kind of it kind of ticks me off about the Sleeping Beauty movie I love that movie but Go for the, but it. okay let's but get, the product the product that comes out from that movie that shit pisses me off okay because in the movie Oh. <laughs> no. Going? Just just stay with me here. I'm, I'm okay. Here. So in right the anywhere. movie, the the fairies fight over whether her dress should be blue or pink. Right. Okay. And that was actually like a real argument that the artists had right. while making this movie. So they decided to put that argument in the movie, which I think is brilliant. Which makes but for a
0: great scene. But hold hold before you go any further, I want everyone listening to picture the sleeping beauty dress in your head Picture it right now from everything you remember and that you've seen about that movie. What color is it? Is it pink or is it blue? All right, now you've got that image in your head. Amanda, finish.
1: Okay, so 95% of the time that that dress is shown in the movie, it is blue. Even at the very end of the movie. When she's coming down the stairs and being introduced to her family for the first time since she was taken away as a baby, that fucking dress is blue. (laughs) So somebody needs to explain to me why this goddamn dress is pink in every single product that is out there for sale.
0: And probably the reason I had you pause is probably everyone right now, before you said that was picturing a pink dress and they're going, No, no, the, the dress is totally pink. It is not, and I agree with you. And it's it's bullshit because it's like, oh girls have to wear pink and we've yeah, got to market it's, it. it's gotta be a princess pink. Bullshit. So it's gotta be pink. But it is blue in the movie. It ends up blue and it is beautiful. Blue is beautiful.
1: But yeah, that is my honorable mention Blue list. dresses matter. Yes, blue dresses do fucking matter. So
0: th- I think that's great. Like I said, um, you know, Great Mouse Detective was one of my honorable mentions. I struggled with that one because just because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, another honorable mention I had was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Love that movie. Just because it's so iconic. This is our first feature, wasn't it? It is the first so rolling feature. Just because of that because of going from the shorts that they did Mm -hmm. into a full-length feature that basically solidified the studio for what it was, I had to have it at least as an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. Um, My other one was Frozen. It's not going to be, it's not on my list, but it sort of, I know Tangled really did like solidify the Disney animation studio with a a Pixar-type computer animation. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Frozen was such an epic cultural like landmark is that song is permeated everywhere the voice acting is is spot on mm-hmm. the story is really good mm-hmm. it actually tells a story that's not based on romance like everything about that movie was so and I'm not going to use this word lightly but I mean it kind of revolutionary mm-hmm. for what Dis- the Disney Animation Studio could be known for, cause yeah, I mean, no, I
1: I definitely agree with that. It's definitely started with Tangled though, with yeah, yeah, for you know, sure. because Rapunzel, you know, if you remember, she saves him in the end, you know, and then they actually story. it was still absolutely a love story, but you know, and then, um, you know, they actually had the horse, for example, be an actual kind of character. And 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 play a role in the story.
0: And not as like a silly sidekick.
1: Exactly. Like he was his own person, you yeah. know. And and then you have, you know, Frozen that comes out and you you know, there is love and everything, but it's not the focal point right of what's going on. And in the end, even though there is love, it doesn't even matter. Right. You know, it's talking more about the bonds of family yeah. than anything else. And
0: sisterhood is what yeah. is really what it's about. Sisterhood and, yeah. and faith.
1: And I'm excited just see um moana coming out uh, i think that'll be good because too. I, I don't think there's any sort of romantic
0: oh yeah she's not gonna fall in love with the demigod in, like she can't
1: no but i mean like there's not even like a side like Kristoff character right. where it's like yeah i mean that's you know a romantic right. option like i think it's just gonna be like a girl power epic story and i love the direction that disney is going yeah
0: in. i think that's good i mean because if we're being honest the Disney Animation Studio, around the time when Pixar was hitting its peak, sort of struggled a little bit. They did. I mean, they Home on the Range, on the range. is a good one. Uh, the Princess and the Frog, while not terrible. I like that one. I, I'm not saying it's bad, but what I'm saying is it's not as good it's not. as their echelon. It's not it's as not. good as the Golden Age. It's not as good as the Silver Age. And it's not as good as the Classic Age. Mm. It's, ju- it's just not. Um, And then they had... Uh, Man, were, they had a few more in between there. Did they think they did Chicken Little? Was yeah, that, done, I didn't like that done one. That was them. stupid. Um, but that's the thing is they couldn't really find what their voice needed to be. They yeah. couldn't capture that magic like you talked about Jungle Book. They couldn't capture that magic mm-hmm. like they had. They didn't really. They couldn't figure out if they wanted to be like pop culture satire. Mm-hmm. They couldn't figure out if they wanted to be silly. They couldn't figure out if they wanted to try and adapt classical stories. Mm-hmm. And they, they just really didn't know where that was. And Tangled, you mentioned that as like one of the first ones where they sort of found that footing. They're like, okay, this is the type of stuff we can do. And if I'm being honest, I actually enjoy Tangled more than Frozen. Um, you know, uh, internet backlash away. But the reason I mentioned Frozen on my honorable mentions is just because of the impact that it had in truly, I believe, solidifying for the Disney Animation Studio what it was supposed to be doing. right? And, um, you know, outside of Pixar, which Disney owns, but is its own thing. You know, none, no Pixar movie will be on this list for me because it's not, you know, it's not Disney Animation Studio and that's what we're talking about. So, right. um, you know, we've mentioned a lot of good ones. I think we should... Should talk about the top five, the yeah. best five. Okay, um, and I'll start. You know, as in the normal progression of the show, I'll go through my five, four, three. Okay, you go through your five, four, three. We'll do two and one together, and we'll uh, go off in any tangents we need to along the way. All right. Um, you've actually mentioned my number five, and it's the Jungle Book. Mm. So uh, way back in 1967, you know, the Jungle Book for me is the everything that you mentioned is the reason that that it's on my list. It was. Uh, it was a staple for me. I think there was one summer where I literally did watch it every single day. At some point in time, just because we had it on that old VHS in the big old plastic case. Well, the songs
1: are just so good, and it
0: yes, they were fantastic. They were they were memorable. Mm-hmm. They were they were. Singable, mm-hmm. um, you know, while the songs and well, while the music, I should say, in like Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and you know, Pinocchio, and well, I mean, Pinocchio had had some memorable ones. Um, yeah, you know, when you wish upon a star is pretty right, I mean, it's all right, pretty memorable. <laughs> but but that was one of the first ones that had songs mixed throughout in yeah. different styles that just latched on to your. To your me- brain and your memory, mm-hmm. I mean, bare necessities is one that just everybody knows. The bare necessities. Yeah,
1: I I liked. Uh, I want to be like you. I want to be the like King Louis you. Song is fantastic by Louis Prima.
0: And uh, what a fantastic villain in Sher Khan. Oh, great! I mean, I loved tigers as a kid, and but to yeah. see one as this intimidating villain mm-hmm. was incredible. And you I wonder know, how Raja feels about him. Probably not. Raja doesn't talk that much. Yeah. So probably, probably intimidated. And and jealous of his freedom, but not jealous of his death, mm, I would fair. say. That's fair. Raja's nice living up in a castle. Oh, but did
1: he die? We don't know that he died. I mean, he ran off with fire, like, I mean, he on was, a stick, tied, tied, to, his tied his to his tail, sure, but... Do we know that he said? Hey, hey
0: he's not nobody, no death. He was in trouble. Let's just put it that way. No body, no death. He wasn't is all living I'm saying. in a palace. All I am
1: saying is no body, no death.
0: I, I agree with that. He, they left it as a cliffhanger, and he's probably coming back. <laughs> he's probably out there right now hunting Mowgli's. He's waiting somebody. But uh, <laughs> but you know anyway, I was when I was researching the movie. Like one of the things that I, that jumped out at me that I thought was really interesting was that at the time of that movie, Gregory Peck, fantastic actor was the president of the Academy of Motion Pictures Mm -hmm. of Arts and Sciences. And he lobbied incredibly hard for this to win Best Picture because he felt so strongly about it. And this was before they had a Best Animation category. This was back in the day. But he got outvoted because no one else thought that an animated feature was of the same quality. Mm -hmm. And it made Peck so mad that he quit as the president and said, listen, if you guys aren't going to respect film, then I'm out. And I think that's such a testament to just the story in general and the quality of that movie. And because I love it so much, it had to be on my list. So that's that's why it's my number five for that. Such a good movie. So uh, moving on from my number five to my number four uh, is one where Disney took a bit of a sidestep. And man, I love them for it. But my number four is Emperor's New Groove.
1: I love that movie so much. It's so funny. I think it's that, so fucking funny. I
0: think that might be the funniest <laughs> Disney movie. It
1: is. It is absolutely the funniest Disney movie. And you know,
0: I love that it was originally supposed to be an epic, in yeah, the, in the way of a li- Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be called like Kingdom of the Sun or something. Mm-hmm. All the music was being done by Sting, just like all the music got done by Elton John and and Lion King. Um. And it was supposed to be like an Incan Mayan epic. Yeah. And the studio just basically came in and it was like, nah. It was like they did some, they did some <laughs> tests and they're like, you know what? Nah, make it a buddy comedy. And yeah. they had to rewrite the whole thing at like the last minute.
1: Yeah. John Goodman and uh, uh, David Spade.
0: David Spade. So funny.
1: So funny. I love that movie so much.
0: It it it's so it's so great, and I think you know. Oh,
1: and who's Kronk? Who plays Kronk? Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. He
0: was just the yes. guy I was about to mention. It's
1: your birthday. <laughs> I have
0: loved Patrick Warburton since the days of Seinfeld when he God. was when he was putty on Seinfeld. I I thought he was hilarious. I like pretty much everything that he does because he has just this great, iconic, comedic, strong voice. But him, his portrayal of Kronk is one of the funniest characters Disney has ever put on film. Especially I love
1: his relationship with Isma. It's (laughs) so great.
0: Just blind trust. (laughs) He's a good person, but he's just blindly trusting their codependent relationship is ridiculous. And I, I still to this day, the scene that makes me laugh the hardest with him, and it's it's hard to say because he has so many good ones, but when he's singing his own yeah his own uh escape song <laughs> ba-da-ba, 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 yeah. ba-da-ba. and and i read that like patrick <laughs> warburton improvised that whole thing like he just they're like yeah we we had this idea he's like i got this mm-hmm. and that's what he came up with and it was so funny and yeah. he's, he's like and there's like arrows pointing down at him he's in like a spot when he
1: freezes he's just like it's, it's, yeah it's, it's hilarious
0: just, and the the lovable dumbass is such ah. a great character, but he does it so well. Mm-hmm. And I to me, I mean, David Spade is is hilarious in it. John Goodman is a is a a, a staunch portrayal. He's a great straight man. Mm-hmm. But Kronk just makes me laugh when he's oh, talking to so the funny. squirrels. Yeah, when he's pretending <laughs> to be the chef. Yeah, it's just he is so good. He and that's is so one. Funny. That's one that. As we mentioned before, I feel it grows with you. Yeah. And that's one that I can literally watch over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. And there's even some others, like some of their epics and some of their great ones. You know, I'll watch maybe like once every couple of years or I'll hit up every now and then. But that's one I could almost watch every month and never get tired of it. Yeah. Because they took it in such a different direction. But it was still, it still had the heart of Disney. But it was basically a dumb and dumber style buddy comedy yeah and i loved it for that
1: oh it's so great i and, absolutely percent agree and it's that so was good
0: right around the time where they were like hard finding their footing. that was like early 2000 mm-hmm. is when that was so that was around the time of home on the range around the time of princess and the frog like it, it kind I of like st-
1: that movie and,
0: and i'm not discrediting it is it on your list
1: no. Okay, then that's there's and the, Brother Bear. You're forgetting Brother Bear. I am.
0: I am forgetting Brother Bear. Was it, in that time was, frame. It, it's not a terrible movie. Hey, but it is not. Is it on your list? No. Okay, then.
1: But is Brother you, Bear is great. Was
0: it one of your honorable mentions? No. Okay, then that's what I'm talking well, cause about. Because
1: you told me I couldn't have ten honorable mentions. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing: is we had to narrow it down from fifty or sixty to five and a few stragglers. All right. So the fact that. Neither of those are anywhere in your top eight Mm -hmm. is the point that I'm making. Okay. This one, to me, is in the top five realm Mm -hmm. because it's so strong. No, it
1: is. It's great.
0: So that's why it's my number four. All right. Now, after we leave these two, we pretty much get into the top three, which are going to be strong ones. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's... it would be like, oh, well, these are cop-out answers. Everyone's going to pick these. And that's because they're the best. They're they're the top that Disney has ever done, in my opinion. Uh, now, these are my opinions. So number three for me is Beauty and the Beast.
1: That's such a great one.
0: And and I I can actually feel radiating hate coming from your side of the table because it's not higher, and I know how much you like Beauty and the Beast. So uh, it is my number three. It is definitely... In the top echelon of movies that Disney has ever done. I mean, it was the first animated feature ever to be nominated for Best Picture,
1: and won, I believe.
0: Uh, it won. I don't think it won. I really don't think it won, but it got nominated. It once it won a bunch, but I don't think it won Best Picture. Um, but it was the first animated feature to be nominated, nominated for Best Picture, which is yeah. a huge deal. Yeah. basically it picked up the slack where Jungle Book wasn't able to. Right. It it picked it up. Um, I mean, it was it was fantastic. Uh, the 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 art design on it is still iconic to this day. Mm-hmm. The story is a classic story, but it is it's one that a lot of people weren't exactly familiar with. But the voice cast in it is perfect. Oh, and, so good! And even when you narrow down, like you find out people like big names who were supposed to be in the movie mm-hmm. and weren't. It makes the voice cast that they chose even more special. Like for instance, Julie Andrews was was going to be Miss Potts, Potts, yeah, and then ended up not being able to do it. Um, and they found Murder She Wrote, and <laughs> Murder She Wrote just killed it, just did so good. Yeah. Um, you know, Donnie Osmond and Patrick Swayze were both considered for Gaston. Um, Rupert Everett a- actually auditioned for a Gaston, but was told he didn't sound arrogant enough. Right. Which is a weird thing to say to a British person. Right. Um, I mean, so like the voice cast alone is outside of Mrs. Potts and and the guy who was Lumiere. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty much the the top names in the whole movie. The rest is kind of a not I want to say unknowns, but not, you know, top top box office mm-hmm. draws but because they got the right people right. for the right roles. And you want to talk about memorable songs. I mean, the song, you know, the the quintessential song, the nom de plume uh, Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. song.
1: When they're dancing in the ballroom.
0: Is, is iconic. And it's iconic for a reason because yeah. it's amazing. And that that one definitely stands the test of time because you can watch that nowadays and be like, I had no idea this was... Like, this does not feel like it was made in 1991. Yeah. The quality of that movie feels years ahead of its time. It does. Which I think is great. Um, speaking of years ahead of its time, I'm excited for the remake of that one.
1: Yes. I I was so excited when uh, Hermione was chosen. Emma Watson? Yeah. To, uh, to play Belle because... She's so small and dainty, and and I just... And Belle's small and dainty. And she's small and dainty, and I I think she can... And she's very... stoic and, and mm-hmm. classic the yep. way that you would think Belle exactly should be yeah. and, and so I, I'm very, the whole cast though, I could sit here and go through the whole cast I mean, you uh, McGregor
0: that. and Ian Mc, Sir Ian McKellen Yeah, uh, a fantastic just, Josh Gad
1: I'm so excited, I can't um, stand it Luke
0: Evans I think is going to be a fantastic Gaston, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Luke Evans from the Hobbit movies mm-hmm. um, and then I can never remember his name, but the actor who is playing Beast is uh
1: i can't remember his name either but he's from downton abbey
0: that's i knew that's what you would reference yeah For me he's from the guest and yeah. i loved the movie the guest the guest is good the um, guest is good and you know, as you know i'm not a huge fan of downton abbey but i know it's, it's you hate big, it yeah. you oh.
1: mercilessly ridicule me every time i would watch it you yeah. uh, that's pretty true. are an absolute prick yeah. about downton abbey
0: yeah yeah i can get on board with that yeah um so and I know he's from that but for me he's from the guest and yeah. I think he's amazingly intimidating in that movie so for me I think he's going to pull off beast uh Rather well. Yeah, I'm so, excited about it. So I'm it. very much looking forward to that one. So that's why it's my number three. It's up there for mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So those that's my five, four, three. Um, I'll I'll run through them again. So five, Jungle Book, mm-hmm. four, Emperor's New Groove, yeah, and three, Beauty and the Beast.
1: Great list
0: so far. I mean, it's 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 top notch. Okay, it's top notch, okay. but. Um, I I do have a sneaking suspicion I'm probably gonna be put to shame by yours. My so I want to know my what
1: list y- is a little different.
0: I want to okay. Well, let's hear it. Let's go through your five, four, and three.
1: All right, number five. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Good one. That movie does not get the credit that it
0: is due. Why do you think that is?
1: You know, I think it just dealt with with two. <sighs> too many serious things all at once. You know, it it was just, and also when you create a Disney movie that kind of encompasses its its story, um, around religion. I mean, it deals with religion. You know, people aren't going to take very kindly, uh, to that. I don't think. Religion and gypsies. I mean, well, and discrimination, um, the, a corrupt, uh, church, a corrupt leader, a, um, you know, and and then you have—I tell you, you have a
0: gypsy who can sing incredibly high. I guess high. you've got
1: mental illness yeah. because you know uh, Quasimodo was talking to gargoyles. He was, so. which you know—that's up
0: for debate whether or not they actually had magical powers because they—they mm-hmm. they make a difference in the battle at the end. Like they, well, you know,
1: maybe in Quasimodo's mind because nobody else ever sees them.
0: Right, but I mean, even when Quasimodo wasn't around, they were doing stuff to people. Yeah, so yeah. the argument you know, can be made. The argument could be made that they were actually real, and he was the one sane person in the whole movie. Perhaps I'll tell you that that gypsy uh, carnival guy at the beginning and the end can sing unbelievably high. It's amazing that guy's voice, mm-hmm. Un- uh, just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, um, the beginning of the movie is so great with that opening song, the, carnival. the story, and the you know, and just the. The the whole um, composition of the music, you know, you've got the, the enriched, you know, church sound with the bells and the, you know, like the choir singers and, you know, just that big music, you know, and I mean, okay. And the movie also deals with sex and I'm sure a lot of people didn't appreciate that in a children's movie, you know, this corrupt leader who wants this gypsy woman, you and know, he has a great
0: song about that
1: and he has yeah hellfire i mean singing in his room and i mean <laughs> he's he sees uh judgment day for him on in that song i mean it's a dark film it, it is. is a dark film you know and it deals with bullying and it deals with i mean it deals with so much and i think it was just too much for people they just didn't they didn't appreciate it.
0: Now, the Hunchback of Notre Dame mm-hmm. is one of the ones that uh, – Dis- Disney's pretty famous for taking those old stories and changing them, changing their endings to make them more family-friendly. It definitely now, had
1: a happier ending than the book, yes. Yes,
0: and just like uh, – oh, I forget. Uh, oh, Cinderella has a terrible ending that, that in the book but not in the for movie. For some of the characters, uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, how does the book end? Tell Tell us.
1: I'm pretty you know it's been
0: so <laughs> pretty sure like everybody I'm dies I'm pretty right?
1: sure well Phoebus actually marries someone else um Esmeralda I'm pretty sure gets hung yeah uh, <laughs>
0: I think everybody dies I'm pretty
1: sure and then um Quasimodo um kills Frollo I think I think he shoves him off the top of the off of one of the towers of the cathedral and then um once esmeralda is put to death i'm pretty sure quasimodo goes to the graveyard and holds her body and he just starves to death yeah. holding her so then at the end of the story you've got like this hunched over skeleton cradling another
0: it's just <laughs> yeah <because> disturbing <laughs> yeah
1: but i think also in the book quasimodo is is deaf and dumb like he can't speak
0: yeah, they they definitely change it quite a bit, but I mean you're right. It's a it's a strong movie. It's a strong. I mean, a strong cast like Demi Moore, Jason Alexander, yeah, uh, Chris Klein. I mean, it's a good Tom cast. Hulse. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, but he, just, for me, every song in that movie is so good. The opener song where they're telling the story. Um, you've got uh, God help the outcasts, mm-hmm. sung by Elsmarald, which and I'm not even religious, but that song is beautiful right um and then you got hellfire which is great you've Probably got the out Bet. there that which is sung by quasimodo where he's singing about going out into the world and he's just like you know jaunting all over the cathedral and just like flying down these water yeah they're called buttresses flying buttresses, yeah, buttresses I'm, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called but i mean just every single song
0: in this movie is so good um Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's uh, now. I have to be honest, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Tom Hulse is the is the voice of Quasimodo. Yeah, I always think it's Matthew Broderick, and I know Matthew Broderick's in other Disney movies, and not this one. Which one, Joe uh, Jay? Which one? Okay. Um, We weren't
1: specific, so I wanted to make sure you knew what you were talking about.
0: I have have a sneaking suspicion we're going to talk about Lion King, so I didn't want to dive too far into it. But for whatever reason, I always think Tom Mm -hmm. Holtz is Matthew Broderick in that movie. And I know
1: it's not. I mean, that's fair. But but I always
0: think that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a good one. I think that's a really good number five. Yeah, so
1: that's... that's,
0: Silence is great for podcasts. Sorry, I, I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to to doing this. I apologize, but yeah, no, it's definitely my my number five. Uh, it did receive an Oscar nomination for Best Music by Alan Menken, uh, one Who of my is, personal heroes. Who's a god in the uh, Disney in the Disney realm? We do not uh, shame the name of Alan Menken in this house. Um, Thank you. Macon. And it was actually the last Disney movie to use mildly bad language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who was it?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't remember mildly bad language in that, but
1: probably the word hell.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's in one of the songs. But then again, you know, growing up in a in a religious home, you I, know, you hell, know, there's definitely damn. there's definitely a difference between hell and damn in a religious context than mm-hmm. hell and damn as curse words. So I think they skirted the line on that one by by using them in context. I mean, so they were you know. probably able to slink by. And they're like don't be too mad. We're using this religious. Like come on, churches back us up here. And churches are like, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know I if don't churches know. like that movie or not. I don't know. So that's a good number five. Yeah,
1: that's my number five. All right, my number four, Peter Pan. Nice. I love Peter Pan. It's a good one. It's it's
0: cheery. It's fun. Yeah,
1: it's so great. I just you know, um, I don't, I don't know how to describe Peter Pan. It's it's one of those quintessential just childhood wonder films. It, you know, just the idea that, you know, when you're a kid that Peter Pan could be real and you could fly away to a Neverland um, was just so great as a kid. You know, just that idea yeah. that that existed. Um, you know, and, and I love the character of Captain Hook.
0: Um, He's a good character. I always got freaked out with him, like, stapling his shadow back on or something like gluing it or whatever he does you're talking about
1: Peter Pan yeah
0: when when Peter Pan like nails his shadow back no, on his doesn't. feet or something no doesn't he he doesn't do that am I misremembering mm. no you
1: are misremembering when he's in Wendy's room he originally is trying to use it. soap he's trying to use yeah. soap because he doesn't understand things and she says, no, he's being silly. So she sews.
0: That's, that's it. Sews it back on. I knew there was a sharp sews object it back involved. On. That always freaked me out because I was like, could that happen? No. When I was a kid. I just yeah. until like last year, I thought that could happen. Yeah.
1: Now, okay, but I love uh, the movie that they made, Hook around peter pan with dustin hoffman and robin williams
0: that is one of my all-time favorite movies that is a a fantastic sequel slash remake slash follow-up slash dustin
1: hoffman will forever be the embodiment of captain hook all these other bullshit peter pan movies that they've been making the last couple years yeah no dustin hoffman is the motherfucking hook he he is he is Captain Hook. that performance was so good
0: i I couldn't agree more, and I think Garrett Headland can suck it, yeah when it comes to being captain hook like yeah. you're you're not like i I agree, and that's one of the things that I like about Peter Pan um is that without Peter Pan, there's no hook, mm-hmm. and we need hook in our lives yeah we we need a little bangerang, yeah. Everybody needs a little banger every now and then.
1: No, but I the the animated I I, I love, I love Peter Pan. Yeah. I just you know, and then at the end with all the fairy dust on the boat when or the pirate ship when it's flying them home and you know, and then they uh, the kids go home and then the father is like hugging them and and he looks up into the night sky and he's like i feel like i've seen that somewhere before and, and you know you don't realize as a kid that he's referencing that that he may have in fact gone to neverland as a child and right. forgotten but as an adult when you watch that movie you're like oh yeah. <laughs>
0: well it, it grows with you it definitely has those yeah. themes of like childhood and innocence but also that fear of growing up and mm-hmm. that, that fear of the unknown and
1: also let's talk about for just a brief second tinkerbell though in that movie She's a sadistic little bitch. She kind of is. What she, like, you don't, like, when you're watching it as a child, you're like, oh, this is a funny little character. But when you watch it as an adult, which I did a couple months ago, she's a sadistic little bitch. Like, she's constantly trying to
0: kill Wendy. Constantly. She's
1: slutty as hell. Yeah. I mean. Well, and I
0: think they cast it perfectly with Julia Roberts in <laughs> Hook because she's also a sadistic bitch. <laughs> Um, it is well documented that on the, on the set of Hook, mm-hmm. her nickname was Tinker Hell because she made terrible life to work so with. miserable for all the people involved. And you heard it here on High Five Colon the Podcast Colon Other Stuff, too. Julia Roberts is a terrible person.
1: Yeah, I, you know.
0: But no, but or as Julia. she gets a lot of that, I think she just modeled her life in general after Tinkerbell.
1: Probably. I mean, the new Tinkerbell movies that they make now, I mean, they're adorable and I love them. But but yeah, the Tinkerbell from the original Peter Pan from 1953
0: is whew. not the innocent earth loving no. figure. Play, no. Played by maybe from not Marit's even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Mm-mm. All so, right, that's a good one.
1: All right. Number three. Okay. Which a lot of people are going to completely disagree with me on this.
0: (laughs) That it's on your list at all or that it's number three?
1: I think that it's on my list at all. Okay. Uh, Fuck you. I don't care. I'm
0: excited now. Bambi. Ooh, okay. Sad one.
1: Bambi. Well, yeah, it's very sad. Um, But uh, Bambi um, is a or was a very... uh, It was a passion project in realism. If you, like, go beyond the fact that it was a sad movie where this baby deer lost his mother. Like, go beyond that for a second and try to visualize the movie. Everything about that movie was made to be and look real. Aside the fact that the animals were talking and the animals had to talk to move the story along. Aside from the fact that they could talk, Everything in that movie was real. Like, their characteristics weren't exaggerated. All of the backgrounds were drawn to look as real as possible. They spent months studying the way water and rain came down on trees so that they could animate it perfectly. It was a passion project in realism. And Walt Disney wanted to have something that was animated but was also made to look real.
0: I mean, and I think that's that's a stunning feat. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, little, little known fact about Bambi is in order to get the realism right for the end of the movie, they actually burned down a few forests. <laughs> that's not true. Totally true. No, it's not true.
1: true. And actually, um, uh, fun fact, uh, because the villain in the movie is man. basically man uh but man is ranked number 20 on the american film institute's list of 100 greatest villains just the word man the word man from bambi from bambi He's one of the top 20 greatest villains
0: i mean i can get that but is it mainly just because they kill bambi's mom so early in the movie with so little remorse because yeah they come
1: back and they burn down the forest yeah
0: they come back at the end but I, they didn't do it like on purpose, did they? I don't remember that the end of that movie that well, except for the fire.
1: Well, I think it's basically just a statement about how humanity is ruining nature.
0: Yeah. Fern Gully made that statement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> love that movie, too. Tim,
0: Tim Curry made that statement in oh. Fern, Fern Gully. <laughs> Okay, so I, I know you love Bambi, and I am not going to say that it shouldn't be on your list. My big problem with Bambi... Mm. Is kind of the fact that, as I remember it, mm-hmm. not much happens. What? And and I know that that's not exactly true. Like Bambi's mom bites it in the first couple minutes. But for like, and you and I roll all you want. But that that's the reason for me. And I think it should be on your list because of all the reasons you've mentioned. And those were those were new concepts to me. I did not know that that was the 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 impetus behind the creation of that movie. But for me, as I think about that movie, I'm like, yeah. And then there was like snow. Right. And then there was some other stuff. It was, was a passion project in
1: realism because these characters, these animals aren't doing anything fantastical. Right. They're not going on an incredible journey. Right. They're not like out to save somebody. Like they're, they're just living the lives that they would live in the woods. Right. Nothing
0: else. Exactly like you I, and I know like you but that that's the thing as a kid and as a boy kid watching that that it pulls me out of it, and like I said, for you for an artist that is that's what makes it that top tier yeah, of yeah it's
1: it's just so beautiful
0: but but you know that's I said as for me that's what that's why I kept getting pulled out of this was I kept waiting for. For the quote unquote the story to start, not realizing that the story was just like, no, watch nature. Like, watch nature as it is. Well, but around and, and, and this enjoy, one character, yeah, Bambi. Why watch and enjoy that. Um, so so yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's a, a good movie and I'm glad that it's on your list. I know how much you like it, but I'm just being honest about why for me it never really hit that, because I never looked at it on that level. Mm -hmm. I was never able to dive into it on that level because I kept expecting. I was like, all right, eventually they're going to have to go somewhere. (laughs) Like eventually they're going to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, they just get older. It's like, oh, well, damn. Okay, cool. I guess.
1: Well, no, I mean, Bambi's mother dies. He's raised by his father. You know, then he grows up and falls in love with this girl and and then she's chased by dogs and she almost dies and he has to fight this other deer and he almost
0: dies like (laughs) there's death going on in the woods man damn nature you scary damn
1: nature you scary
0: (laughs) no i think that's good i like that one i like that one a lot all right so run back three no it's your all right all right all right number
1: five hunchback of notre dame and uh number four peter pan number three is bambi
0: Good list. You can
1: kiss my ass if you don't agree. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, I like it. That's a good list. Good list. <laughs> all right. I retract my statement even though it's all true. Um, so, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're to the top two. All right. The top two, the most important two. Top two. Top two. Okay, so for me, my number two mm-hmm. is Lion King. Yeah. I told you we were going to talk about this one. Yeah. I love Lion King. It's pretty great. I, I think it's so great. Not I mean, like 1994 was right around the age when, you know, I was entering the teenage years and i was ready to see these bigger stories no way you were like in the 4th grade <clears throat> no i was like I was, I was 10 or 11 entering teenage entering double digits of of ages mm-hmm. and so i loved this movie because the music is fantastic you got hakuna matata You've got. I just can't wait to be just king. Can't wait to circle, be of king life, circle of be life, Be prepared. Oh, be prepared. Can My you feel goodness. Love tonight? I mean, and Jeremy Irons is so good. And, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, you don't realize that it's this retelling of Hamlet. Right. Uh, but on, on that layer, it's great because Shakespeare wrote some of the best stories that have mm. ever been made in existence. And, Absolutely. And the art in the movie is just so fantastic. It's um, very bright and colorful. It, I love it. It is, except for. You know, the scenes that aren't supposed to be, like the Be Prepared scenes and the very. No, no, end. no. Be
1: Prepared is very colorful. Well, it's just green. a very select yeah. greens and reds. I would say the end
0: isn't very colorful when Pride Wait. Rock is decimated by Scar and his his hyena henchmen.
1: Well, yeah, until the fire gets ignited and then right, it's right, very right. red.
0: But, I mean, for just the, the backstory and the history mm-hmm. of, of Lion King is incredible. I mean, the fact that the Wildebeest scene took three years to animate just because it was so they were they were so specific about getting right. every little thing right and it was so such an right. intense moment um I, I was reading i didn't know this until i was reading about it but it was done by disney's quote-unquote b team yeah because their a team was working on pocahontas and mm-hmm. there, they put all their stock into pocahontas and then the b team was like yeah we're just gonna make this a great movie because no one's really paying attention to us mm-hmm. and i love that because it it was, it was a, it's, when people think of Disney, when people think of Disney movies, they think of Lion King. Right, I mean, among, I love Pocahontas,
1: but, I mean, Lion King kicks ass.
0: Oh, sure, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's great, I mean, but this movie, it's the highest, the best-selling home video of all time. To this day, mm-hmm. it's the highest-selling, best home video of all time yeah. because people would buy copies and they'd wear out copies and they have to buy more copies and Mm -hmm. everybody had to have Lion King. Yeah. And you know, I I remember reading a story about Elton John because in the original screenings of the movie, they cut out the scene with can you feel the love tonight? Mm -hmm. And Elton John went to the Disney offices furious and said, no, this is a good song. You have to put this back in and they re-released it. With that song, and it became one of the biggest songs ever for Disney, and it's just the whole story behind that movie. I think you know Jonathan Taylor Thomas is fantastic. I mean James Earl Jones. Oh my God, you don't get a better voice than James Earl Jones. Pretty great. Um, and Jeremy Irons' best villain voice of all time, Absolutely. almost in my opinion. Absolutely, especially when it comes to Disney movies. I think he has the best villain voice of almost anybody. It's pretty great. Um, I mean, it's just it, it's it's fan <clears throat> it's fantastic. So Lion King is one again that I can watch over and over and over again and not not feel bad. I mean, Rowan Atkinson as Zazu. Uh, I was a huge fan of Mister Bean growing up, and you never heard Mister Bean talk. So the fact that he had this animation to him and this life to this toucan character Mm -hmm. and you couldn't really even associate it with Mr. Bean because you're like oh I've never heard Mr. Bean talk but it was him and it was just so so good and and you might know this and I'm pretty sure the actress that played Nala Mufasa's wife
1: uh Sarabi
0: Sarabi isn't that James Earl Jones's wife in real life I'm. I
1: don't know about real life, but in the movie, um, in the 80s movie with Eddie Murphy coming to America, right, his queen in that movie,
0: is whatever that Surabi. actress's
1: name is, I can't think of her name right now, but that's who Sarabi okay. is. And that
0: may be what I'm thinking of, is that they were married in another movie. Mm-hmm. But yes, so so they'd worked together before, and just all the little flourishes and touches they put mm-hmm. in. And, and even in songs like, uh, you know, I Can't Wait to Be King, they they throw in different animation styles mm-hmm. and it's not realistic. It's not you know naturalistic. It has like the bright colors and the and the the triangles and the zigzags and it's just everything about it is designed to capture you and to pull you in. Yeah. And then the three hyenas with you know Cheech and Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and then oh man I remember that the other guy's name. Um, The guy that did Ed, he was just like one of the designers, I think, because they were trying to get Chong and he dropped out because he didn't want to be in a Disney movie. They were wanting to have Cheech and Chong, I think, in there. But anyway, it's just Lion King is one that will always hold a very special place in my heart. absolutely. Um, And this was the one that I had the hardest time deciding between because it was between this and another one for my number one spot. And obviously I've chosen the other one. But I went back and forth on Lion King and this other movie for about a day, and <laughs> I switched them <laughs> probably three or four different times. So, with that lead-in, my number one, and in my opinion, mm-hmm. the best Disney movie of all time okay. is Aladdin.
1: That's a good choice. I, I,
0: and I could argue with anybody all day long about mm-hmm. this, but I don't think you get a better story as a whole that has the... A structure, the way that it's written, the way that it's paced, the song choices, the voice acting. I mean, hell, one word, Robin Williams. Yeah. Makes that film, even though it led to him having a falling out with Disney for decades. You know, that his portrayal of the genie in that movie is brilliant. Brilliant. And you Absolutely. can find clips online that he ad-libbed for hours, hours worth hours of an tape hour. and you can just hear it and you can watch it and they just had to animate random bits of it because it fit in so well but even the rest of the cast and you're not even picking out huge names but i mean the guy who played uh was eric in full house or something is uh no not eric what's the boyfriend the boyfriend dj's boyfriend um Ah, I can't remember his oh, name.
1: God damn it. No, it's going to bother me. What's his name? I don't know.
0: Damn it. But anyway, he's, you know, the voice Steve. of Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve from Full House is Aladdin, and I think he does so perfect. He does. Um, he's got a good voice. You know, and <laughs> okay, going back to Robin Williams, one of the things that I think is funny is it was supposed to be nominated for best adapted screenplay for the Oscars uh-huh. because it's adapted from, you know, Thousand Arabian Nights or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it was not allowed to be nominated because Robin Williams ad-libbed so many of his lines uh-huh. that it broke the percentage barrier of what it had to be to be considered an adapted screenplay because <laughs> he was so far off base <laughs> on, on what he did, oh, no. which, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I think that that's great. Um, speaking of improvisation with Robin Williams, that first scene, you know, Robin Williams, Robin Williams is the voice of the peddler. At the beginning. Yeah, so yeah. So the guy with the table. Uh, I think originally they were going to, like, come back <laughs> around at the end and show that that was the genie in disguise telling you the story. Yeah, but it's Robin Williams' voice. But the way that they filmed that was they literally brought Robin Williams into a soundstage, mm-hmm. and they had a table covered with a sheet, and they said, just, just whatever, ad lib for 20 minutes. And they threw back the sheet And he just picked up things, random objects they had around the studio (laughs) from the table. Mm -hmm. And the whole opening scene is completely ad-libbed by Robin Williams.
1: (laughs) It won't
0: break. It won't break. Oops, it broke. (laughs) It broke.
1: (laughs) It makes us Julianne
0: fries. All of that. 100% (laughs) ad-libbed. The
1: original Dead Sea Dupperware.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, still good. All of it. All of it was ad-libbed by Robin Williams just for that scene. And Mm -hmm. that, to me is what makes it so genius and so iconic. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, for, for everyone who doesn't know, that movie led to a gigantic falling out between Robin Williams and the Disney studio because part of his contract was that he did not want... Basically, he didn't want top billing and he didn't want the genie used to promote the film. And because he was so good in it, Disney basically breached his contract and did it anyway... And so he would not come back for Return of Jafar and he came back for um, King of Thieves, the third one, basically because they bought him like a Persian rug or something as an apology. But it took them over 10 years to have him accept their apology because he was so upset that his silly side character took away from the focus of the story they were telling because of their marketing. And one that makes me really respect – Robin Williams as as a performer as an actor. He just wants to make people smile. He always just wanted to make people happy and to love Mm -hmm. him but he never wanted to take away from the message of what the the artists were trying to do. Right. And he felt like they were using him to overshadow the work that everyone else had done.
1: Well I mean and I can definitely get on the same page as him because I mean if you really think about it even though Robin Williams character of the genie is such an iconic part of that movie.
0: He's not
1: in it that much? He's really not. I mean, he's I mean, a side character. He is definitely a side character. I mean, um, you know, I I have some small preschool students that that I work with on a weekly basis, and we and we do movie days, and yeah. we watched Aladdin, and um, it was the first time I had watched it in, in quite a long time, and I was like, man, it's taken a long time to get to the cave of wonders, to get to the genie. You know, I mean. Aladdin is, you know, doing his stuff in town, and Jasmine's getting pissed off about having to get married, and, you know, and then they have their little meet-up, and then, you know, they're running again, and Jafar's making evil plans with a sadistic bird, I mean, there's all this shit that's going on in the beginning before you even meet Jeannie, you know, I mean, and And
0: Jafar, I mean, you mentioned him, what a great villain,
1: he's a great villain,
0: Patrick Stewart was supposed to be his voice, but he dropped out,
1: (laughs) well, no, I don't think Patrick Stewart would have done that character I don't know justice. If he could have been evil enough. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I like the Jafar that we have. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And Iago. And, oh, <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried
0: as Iago is is hysterical. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's the thing. They had two huge comedians in yeah. that movie, and they paired well together. Mm-hmm. I thought they they went really well. Uh, another story about Robin Williams. I've read about that movie is uh, Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg were friends because of Hook. We mm-hmm. talked about that earlier. Steven Spielberg was filming Schindler's List at the same time that Lion King was being done. And Schindler's List was such a dour, sad movie that Steven Spielberg would regularly, about once a week, call Robin Williams to make have him cheer him up. And Steven Spielberg would put Robin Williams on speakerphone and Robin Williams would perform for the cast of Schindler's List via speakerphone just to cheer everybody up because they were telling such a sad story.
1: Well, yeah, my God, anybody yeah. anybody out there that's watched *Ginger's List*, you fucking know that movie will take you down a few it, notches. It will, but
0: I think that's so hilarious that Stephen, like that Spielberg, yeah, had such faith in Robin Williams. He's like, I just need to smile, and Robin's like, I just like, really I need gotcha. you to he's make like, me I gotcha, laugh man. right now. And uh, a lot of the material, like the jokes that he would ad lib on the phone, he ended up recording for the movie. So some of those are in there. So so next time you're watching *Aladdin*, know that a lot of some of the genie's jokes were used to to cheer up saddened Jews. <laughs> yeah. But anyway I miss that's, Robin Williams. I think we all miss Robin I there's I just can't I, I was so sad when that I don't even want to I talk cried about, that day. I don't even want to talk about it. That was just that was just uh sad. I mean you and I in honor of Robin Williams did like I think a week's worth of Wild Robin Williams movies. Yeah. Every night for about seven or eight days. We watched one of his older films and I think it was uh it it was definitely definitely worth it and the least we could have done. I mean, it was just trying to remember a a single human being that brought so much joy to the world. And, you know, honestly, that's part of why Aladdin is so high on my list is just because what he did was so impressive and so beautiful. And then even outside of that, I mean, the songs, um, I mean, the street rat song, the, you know, the Genies song, A whole, new world. A whole New World, I mean, these are songs that not only are memorable, but you 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 listen to and you remember the lyrics and you can sing along. And, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Prince Ali, um, mm-hmm. and again, Alan Menken, uh, some classics by Alan Menken at the top of his game, in my opinion, so... That for me is why it ended up in the number one spot is just because of all those different factors combined coming together. Yeah, I think it actually all said and done creates something in my mind that's just a little bit more special than Lion King. I think it kind of set the stage for Lion King. It was two years before it. It sort of set the stage for that type of funny musical with an emotional center to be told the right way. Right and and I just don't think they've ever topped it in my opinion, mm. so that's why it's my number one. So. Okay. All right, so I'll go through my five. Number okay. five, The Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Number four, Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Number three, Beauty and the Beast. Number two, Lion King. And number one, Aladdin. Okay. So that's it. That's my number five. Those those are my top five. Those are great. You still have two more to go through. I though. do. Uh, so let's my, do it.
1: My number two um, is Cinderella. Nice. I. Love that movie. Um, now you do. And uh, I, I know that it's, you know, very kind of anti feminist, you know, with the whole, or a lot of people think it's anti feminist, you know, with the whole, you know, relying on a prince and, you know, marrying someone you just met and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, it's just, it's so great. I used to, um, when I was a child, you know, when uh, movies were still on VHS, um, <laughs> VHS. Ah, such an old Good old days. Uh, I, I used to uh, open the box and sit in it because I believed that that would make me a princess. It does. I, I believed th- th- that that's how that was supposed to work. Pretty sure that's scientifically <laughs> accurate, though. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, I loved Cinderella. I just, I loved um, her character and, uh, uh, the live action remake uh, did not do a good job. It was really shitty. Yeah, it was prefer, poorly
0: done. I would just prefer we not talk. Um, That's, that didn't exist. Let's just, that didn't yeah. happen.
1: Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, the 1950, uh, three Oscar nominations, and 90% uh, of the film was recorded with uh, live action reference. So mm. you've got, you know, this entire movie where every person's. Uh, stance, walk, hand motion, uh the ballroom scene where they're dancing, it's all animated over live action. Um and uh Walt Disney uh pioneered the idea of harmonies for a song. Really? Uh, it was it was a new thing. In huh. 1950, uh working with harmonies like self-harmonizing was a new thing. Um the song "Sing, Sweet Nightingale" when she's mopping the floor, you know, it's multiple layers of her voice harmonizing with herself that had never been done before. Interesting. That had I never been done before. I did. I never realized that. Yeah, music man, <laughs> Learn something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I did. I did learn something um, today. Thank you.
1: And Cinderella actually saved the Walt Disney Company. I they, do they were. About that. Um, they were losing everything. Uh, their studio was going bankrupt. Uh, their last couple of movies were not doing well. Um, they just were not making it. And this was their last effort to rekindle the the people's love for them. And they did it. Because Cinderella not only... Um, Save the Walt Disney Company, but it just resparked that love for what Walt Disney and the animators can do. Well,
0: and wasn't the, um, I think I learned this from you actually, but the soundtrack didn't it go on to become like the number one selling soundtrack? And it's one got, of the gave,
1: num- number one, one of the number one best selling soundtracks of that, that like whole that year. year that it came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so not only
0: did the movie do well, but they made a crap ton of money just from the soundtrack alone.
1: They did. They did. Um, it just it it did so much and you know and uh, it was one of Walt Disney's favorite films uh, the scene where Cinderella's dress gets turned into the beautiful ball gown is was until the day he died his favorite piece of animation and it really is quite beautiful when you watch that scene where the fairy godmother comes and then she's turning the pumpkin into the coach bibbidi bobbidi boops you know yeah and just watching the, the animation where, you know, where you're watching it and you have to tell yourself somebody drew this, you know, a team of people drew this and made it look so beautiful, yet so fluid. And they just they really brought this fairy tale to life. Right. And they did it so well. And and I love that Cinderella wasn't exactly like Snow White, where she was just this meek little girl that just kind of went along with whatever the fuck was happening in that moment. Or, you know, she wasn't uh, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. She wasn't just, you know.
0: Unconscious. Unconscious. No, some
1: unconscious kind of, you know, spoiled brat who wants things to go her way. Yeah, she had dreams of a better life. Well, because her life was really fucked up. She had a stepmother that hated her. She had two stepsisters that were the center of the tension that were ugly as fuck they, and They were, awful. They were horrible winters. You know, I mean, yeah, I may not necessarily agree with Cinderella's dreams and aspirations, but goddammit, she did the right thing. Oh, yeah. You know, she stayed with her house that she grew up in. She made sure that shit was taken care of. She worked hard every day, and she was sassy. You go back and watch that movie. She she was sassy. She was. She had, a, she
0: had a good streak to her. And I think, I do think Disney made a mistake on this one because in the original story, um, the movie ends with the two stepsisters getting their eyes eaten out by crows. In the and book. I, and yeah. I really think that's what should have happened. Drizella and know. whatever her name is. Anastasia and Anastasia. Drisella. They're terrible. Well, but they also like cut
1: their feet to try to make the shoe fit.
0: Yeah, they cut off their toes. and
1: Well, she, one of them cuts off their toes and the other one cuts off their heel or something. Yeah.
0: Like that should have been in the Disney film for kids, <laughs> for sure. Like, what other body parts could they have cut off to try and fit into those dresses and fit into those shoes? I, I mean, that's the thing. You cut off your toes and <laughs> you put it in a glass slipper. It's gonna get messy. Yeah, like it's glass. You can and you're see, it right see right it. through it. Yeah, it's not. It's like, oh, look, your shoe, your foot, like totally fit. You did this botched surgery right, right now. Like you know what they say? People in glass shoes should not cut off their toes. They say that. That's the thing. <laughs> That's a thing that people say. No, it's not. And it's, but yeah, I really think they should have left that in especially the eye gouging part with the with the crows. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie they're just kind of sad.
1: Yeah. But I you know, back to good things. Uh, the the scene <laughs> where, where um where her little mice and bird friends are making her dress. Good. I love that scene. That's just so great. It's and then
0: two seconds later, it's torn, to, it's torn asunder. torn
1: to bits.
0: By it's these t- by these w- terrible women who should have had their eyes eaten out by crows.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. just ultimate bullies, man. And it's just.
0: They are. Yeah. I'm in power.
1: But yeah, that is definitely my number two. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Two. I think
0: a lot of people would agree with you that it should be high up on the list. I didn't include it in mine, but, but you know, I'm a guy. And so, <laughs> you know.
1: All right, well, my number one Uh I don't think will surprise you. Uh Uh-huh. My number one is Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, I kind of anticipated that.
1: It's just, it's my favorite. I know. It's my favorite, Um, and that's never going to change.
0: I mean, I've talked a lot about it because it was number three on my list, but I mean- Feel free add anything that I haven't talked about. Like, why is it number one for you? Like, why is it so high up there?
1: You know, I just I remember going to see it in the theater when I was a little girl. Um, my uncle took me to see this movie, and um, I just I remember watching this this movie in the theater and just being in awe. Of so many things, the ballroom scene. um, I remember, you know, at that age, you know, we didn't really have characters like the Beast, you know, so he was kind of a new character in my entire world, and and I was fascinated by him and Belle, who was again much kind of like Cinderella, was a new kind of princess. She wasn't a princess to begin with. You know, but she was very headstrong and independent and knew what she wanted. She's and, a book reader. You know, she liked books. Yeah. And she loved her father. And, um, you know, she did not care for Gaston or his advances. You know, she just was like, nope. you know, Belle, don't play that shit. I don't Every, give er, a fuck about you. Other,
0: all the other whores in town are swooning over yeah. his muscles. But, but not her.
1: You know, I mean, it's just she was such a role model for me um i mean i i was not very into dolls as a child but i have and or had and still have a Belle barbie doll because i needed to have her i mean beating the beast was just so epic i mean just this you know the idea of this castle not just being a castle but it being enchanted and you've got these objects that talk you know and you already as a child want the objects in your room or your toys much like toy story to come to life and, and talk to you and um you know and and bell gets to experience a world where her ob- where the objects are talking to you right and, and have that magic and um lumiere is funny and his relationship with yeah. cogsworth is hilarious
0: jerry orbach
1: and uh yeah
0: that's who it was i was trying to think of his name earlier mm-hmm. It's jerry orbach yeah. So continue, but that's, that's who Luminaria is. Um,
1: although, you know, I, I have, cause I watched this movie recently w- when I was putting this list together and, um, I did have a moment though where I judged Belle super harshly and oh, I, yeah? I, as an adult watching okay. this movie. Well, because you know, um, she she stays there, you know, to save her father. Right. You know, she she gives up her her life to save her father, and so B sends her father back to town, and he goes back to get Bell, and you know, he's like, "Let me show you to your room," and she's like, "I don't understand. I thought I was supposed to stay here." And he's like, "Well, you what, you want to stay here?" She's like, "No," and he's like, "All right, well, let's go." You know, so he's trying to be nice to her from the yes. very beginning, despite the situation, you know, and he leads her to this room, and. He specifically says, he specifically says, you can do whatever you want. This is your home. Go anywhere you want. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just don't go in my room. That's all I'm saying. It's
0: just don't go in my room. I got dirty undies in there. I've got some porn, some like really furry, some furry porn in there.
1: That bitch is not there 24 hours. Literally,
0: it's the first night. I noticed that because we watched it. She's not
1: even there 24 hours. It's the first night. And she goes in his room. And not only does she go in this man's room or
0: this beast's room, she starts touching stuff. Okay, and and to that point, you have just met like a nine foot tall beast monster
1: that can talk.
0: Yeah, and wears clothes. Yeah, sort of like it's like a and were- a cape. He's like wearing a, we- a cape. <laughs> yeah, see, he is wearing. Yeah, for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, I, that's just what royalty do. He's a do. cape. He has a he's, cape on. he's a werewolf. For all intents and purposes, he's a werewolf. And literally, right. if a werewolf is like, hey, I'm hanging on by a thread to not murder you, you can do whatever you want, but just not this one thing.
1: I'm not going to do that I'm one thing. I'm not doing
0: that one thing. <laughs> I'm
1: not going to do that thing.
0: Ever. Literally not the first. But like, yeah, she Maybe goes- after I get to know him and I feel like, okay, he's yeah. totally lying about that one right. thing. Right. But the first day, right. no way in hell.
1: Right. Like, So she goes in his room, starts touching his shit. And then gets wants to be upset about the fact that he's pissed.
0: Yeah, he has a right to be pissed. I'm
1: like and, okay. he told you not to so, go in there. So she runs away. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I'm finding fault in my own number one movie here. No, but no, I don't care. I still love this movie. So she runs away and she's going through the woods, right? She is running away on her horse. And she gets stopped because she's cornered by wolves. Yeah, lots of wolves. Okay. The beast follows her saves her say in the cape cape but and but somehow that's why he's
0: wearing a cape because he's a superhero
1: in this situation he is laying there on the snow passed out but the very next thing you see is him laying over the horse and her leading this horse back there is no fucking way that she picked that guy up
0: dude's easily 500 pounds and listen Belle is a <laughs> svelte woman. <laughs> There's but no she's way she's not powerlifting. There's no way 500 pounds a dead yeah, beast. Yeah, no, meat. that's bullshit. She's and then not, okay,
1: she's, let's go even further. She's not
0: thrusting that up on a horse. Let's keep
1: going. Okay. Next morning, they're ta- they're eating breakfast together, and he's eating out of this bowl like an animal.
0: Right, because he is. But
1: let's remember, he's a person. Okay, right. he's just transformed into a beast. Why is he eating like an animal? That
0: he I can. knows how to use silverware. Well, that I can defend because he was turned into a beast when he was, what, like 12? 10. Okay, I think he's 10 or 11 10. Is, is supposed he's to be He's been alone age. and cursed as it, a beast for like Because he'll
1: be that way until he's, tw- the the rose will stay um, until his 21st birthday. But in the movie, they say they've been that way for 10 years. So
0: he has been living alone as an animal After being turned into an animal at the age of ten, and also, let's keep in mind that everything in the house is enchanted. So you you put a spoon into hot soup and you put it toward your beast mouth, that spoon's screaming at you. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you're gonna stop using spoons eventually. I can tell you that for damn sure. All right. If I put a spoon into hot soup and it screams at me, I'm not using that spoon again. I mean, I wouldn't
1: use that spoon either. Okay, but I have a question. Yeah. And I don't really, it's not necessarily a question for you, but it's a question for the listeners or even Disney. Anybody at Disney. Anybody, everybody tweeted us if you you know the answer to this. You work there, you worked on this movie. You know, I don't, somebody needs to answer this question. Was the Beast the only one that aged and everyone else was suspended in time? Because where the fuck did Chip come from?
0: That's true. That
1: kid cannot be more than... than, four, what, than four or five. Than, uh, I mean, I would go as far as seven. But there's no way he's older than seven. And they've been that way for ten. ten years.
0: Okay, so I guess I guess we have to think it's either everyone is suspended in time or some cups are fucking some cups are fucking <laughs> that's what's probably happening like you hear like uh, the little armors shaking it night. Of like the end when of the, the movie. cupboards are rocking don't come and knocking well, because the, the cups end, are fucking
1: the end of the movie he says do i still have to sleep in the cupboard so i have to imagine that that's the only place he's ever slept yeah and that's all he knows yeah so, did a teapot give birth to a teacup? Totally did. I have questions, to- Disney, and I need totally you <laughs> to answer well,
0: them. Well, the last time we were watching the movie, I had to ask you, because especially, you know, let's get back to positive aspects of the movie before I ask a weird question. <laughs> but, okay, so the Be Our Guest song. Yeah. One of the best songs I love that, that, song. that Disney has done. There are a lot of enchanted things yes, in that in that scene. Yes. The question I posed to you the last time we watched it was, did everyone that works in the castle get transformed into a thing? Or did all the things also become alive? Because if it's the first thing, there were about 8,000 servants in that castle.
1: I I think it's a both. I think the people that lived there became an object, but I also think a lot of the objects became enchanted. Okay. So.
0: That would make more sense and what I would hope would be the answer. Because yeah. if not, there are a lot of just... Really unhappy like spoon people that are just hanging around, mm, mm-hmm. and you know it's like some some guy becomes a clock that can waddle around and actually has a face, and some other dude becomes a spoon. You gotta be upset, yeah, so anyway,
1: I hate just. to be the toilet seat guy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, the butler just becomes like a plunger he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like Lumiere's like controlling fire and he's yeah. like going head down first in mm-hmm. the toilet for the monster. I mean, this dude is a beast. Mm-hmm. He lays some epic pipe. I'm sure. So when he's pooping, mm-hmm. you're using a plunger afterwards. Mm-hmm. Plungy is upset.
1: <laughs> Plungy is upset. He is Set.
0: upset. It'd probably be like some fancy French name. It's like Lumiere and Cogsworth. So it would be like, suction air yeah or plungy Did you know, they wanted
1: tim curry to be in this movie
0: i would have loved tim curry to be in this but
1: movie. i think i don't remember the specifics of it but either his character that they had created or he was supposed to be mrs potts guest on maybe oh. um or something i don't know he could have it, been just, it just, just didn't work out for him but he is actually a character in a follow-up movie that they made um beating the beast like it's 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 a christmas movie it's like bell's enchanted christmas or something like that that. um he's in that one where's he 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 that one? he's in that one he is the evil um uh uh, organ oh that's right yeah yeah Um, that is right yeah, he's the evil organ, and that's actually a really—you know what? I mean, they don't make a lot of uh, good little follow-up movies. Disney VHS. Not, not very good at those. It was—it was a direct-to-VHS, but um, it was decent. It was good. Yeah. It was a good little in-between
0: um, segment of the story. I agree. I mean, like I said, I think we've made a lot of fun of it, but we've also talked a lot of good things about it. I think you know it's worthy because. I mean, it was number three on my list. Uh, I knew that it was going to be number one on yours. I just love that it, so much. I think it's a solid choice. Um, so run back through your five.
1: All right, my f- top five again. Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Peter Pan, number four, number three, Bambi, number two, Cinderella, and number one,
0: Beauty and the Beast. That is that is a strong list and you've I made think so. you've made f- some valid arguments along the way for for wha- for why they were there. Mm-hmm. Um so I yeah. So I think that's it. I I've had a lot of fun talking Disney with you. Oh, I've had um, so much fun. You know, next week uh, Q will be back from his skydiving lessons with penguins. Mm-hmm. Um flightless no more as it's called. <laughs> and uh, and so we'll be back in the the regular rhythm of things but uh, like I said, when when I knew that that we're gonna have to do a Q-less episode, there was nobody I wanted to talk Disney more with than. Than, than you, A, so I'm glad you were able oh, to join you. us. Thank
1: you. Oh, I can't wait to come back for another episode. Oh, no,
0: yeah, no, we'll, we'll totally, I'll, I'll, I'll make that happen. Now, this was a lot of fun, so, um, you know, for everybody out there listening, uh, please email us your top five Disney movies. If you agree with our choices, disagree, shoot us an email at five at highfivethepodcast.com. Yeah, I or, dare you
1: to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah,
0: I dare you to as well. Um, tread lightly is all I have to say. <laughs> um, or, you know, shoot us a note on Facebook. It's facebook dot com slash high five the podcast or you can find us on Twitter at high the number five the podcast and we're also on instagram if you are so inclined um other than that I hope you have a fantastic week and we are probably gonna go watch some cartoons I think so yeah um so I think I think that's that's kind of it that's it so you know w- when you wish upon a star and stuff mm-hmm